1: Don't miss out. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com to schedule your free in-home estimate. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hello t e n d slash sale. And book your free consult today. Rock. Don't rock. No! it is episode three or a week edition of This Week in Fantasy. I'm your host, James Seltzer, of course, of BGN Radio, WIP, Rotowire, and a bunch of other places. Coming up in just a little bit, we'll do what we do every week and talk to the great, the uh, immeasurably talented Sigmund Bloom. as we do every week. Can't wait! We will go through every single game on the week's late. Sigmund was nice enough to give me a good 35 minutes this week, so I'm not going to belabor too much of your time now. You don't have to hear... Too much of my voice. Shut up. We'll get to more of Sigmund's voice, which is obviously much better. Real quick, if you want more of my thoughts on kind of start-sit this weekend, who to play, who to not, I'm writing a weekly start-sit column for BleedingGreenNation.com. You can check it out over there. It will be out tomorrow morning, every Friday morning. Let's make some noise. Come on. With this podcast. Uh, So that is pretty exciting, and uh, it's a lot of fun to do. And last week I got in some trouble because I shouted out Detroit Lions fans. Ripping the Lions defense. You bastard! And guess what? The Lions fans came at me. Think for one f***ing second. And I loved it, so shout out to all the Lions fans. You actually are out there. It's funny to me too. Big win for you guys last week as well, heading into a a Monday nighter this week. So uh, check that out. One quick just word of, of thought slash caution slash whatever you want to call it before we get to segment. Coming off of week one, heading into week two, just remember... Don't overrate the week one performances just because a guy sucked in week one doesn't mean he's going to suck all season long. Now, having said that, don't underrate it as well. There are certain things you could take away from week one, and we'll get into that more with Sigmund as well as this week. Really kind of a a prove-it week for certain teams and certain guys to really kind of know exactly where they are and what they are. So should be a lot of fun seeing how that plays out this week. And again, don't forget, coming up in just a couple minutes, Sigmund Bloom will join me. But first, let me remind you guys that week one is in the books, but it is not too late to get gl- closer to the game you love. I love, we all love this game when DraftKings week one fantasy football is there. Now you've got week two. This Sunday, DraftKings is hosting a $100,000 pick 'em contest. It is totally free, it's free to enter. Uh, which is insane. Uh, Pick'em is the newest way to play one week fantasy football. You draft your team. It's even faster now as DraftKings has organized players into eight tiers. All you have to do is select one player from each tier. Makes it that much easier for you. DraftKings also has uh, you can choose between public contests and big cash prizes or private contests where you compete against a group of friends. That's what I do. Me and my buddies, we have a league. We get to beat up on each other each week. It's so much fun. You don't have to worry about injuries or you know any anchor on your team that you drafted in the fourth round and sucks for you all season long because you can't drop them. You can't bring yourself to do it. You don't have to do that with DraftKings. It's the best. And, uh, of course, DraftKings also has beginner casual contests where you'll play against a similar skill level if that's what you are. And the best part is you get to draft a new team each week, as I said, without any commitment. You can't beat that. So uh, go to DraftKings.com now and use the promo code BGNR to play DraftKings with us for free. Contest with a hundred thousand dollars in total prizes this Sunday. That's promo code BGNR to compete for your share of a thousand dollars in total prizes. The contest is totally free to enter. Why wouldn't you try it at DraftKings? The game inside the game eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. All right, here he is the man, the myth, the legend, breaking down every single game this week, and then of course. We'll go inside his mind, Mr. Sigmund Bloom. And as always, it is my distinct pleasure to welcome in our weekly guest. Is uh, I always say, it, and is the, the the absolute truth one of my favorite times each week. I genuinely look forward to talking to him because uh, he's on point with the fantasy knowledge and also a very interesting and, and terrific guy. So uh, happy as always to welcome in co-owner of football. Guys. dot com. Uh, our weekly guest, Mr. Sigmund Bloom. How are you, Sigmund?
0: Excellent. Uh, and, and probably not as good as Eagles fans that see they have a real franchise quarterback. At least if he plays like he did in Week One. And this is an exciting Week Two. I can't recall, James. I can't recall a Week Two that feels like a Week Eleven. You know, with the, with so much to learn, so much on the line, and a lot of teams that are in prove it moments.
1: Yeah, no, especially. I mean, look, anytime you've got the Patriots coming out zero one, it's Mm -hmm. a uh, it's a prove it moment, you know. And uh, you know, I'm sure they've heard all the uh, the uh, criticism this week. And Tom Brady looks like he's forty and all that. I have a feeling they will uh, they will come out firing this week. But um, on our end, I think uh, I think we're all very very excited about what we saw from Wentz. And certainly, still some some mistakes he needs to correct, but. Uh, made some of those plays that you know maybe there are five ten guys on the planet who who can make, um, which was uh, which was obviously very <laughs> heartening to see. We'll get to some uh, Carson Wentz talk, I'm sure, as we do. Uh, for those who are new to the show, uh, we always pound through the week's slate. As Sigmund is a, a beast at uh, just information on every single game, every single team, and we love to get everything we can in. And then we'll later on we'll go inside the mind of Sigmund Blue, my favorite segment of the week. And of course you can follow him on Twitter at. Sigmund Bloom. All right, Sigmund, let's dive right in. We start with tonight's game, a Thursday nighter, as uh we can always expect to see great football on Thursday night. Uh Houston Tech, the Houston Texans in Cincinnati to face uh Andy Dalton coming off uh one of the all-time worst games a fantasy quarterback can have. What's your yeah. take on this one, segment?
0: A lot of good defensive play in this one. Um, on the Houston side, Deshaun Watson had the rug pulled out from under, and really they didn't let him prepare as a potential starting quarterback. And I, I think it's going to be pretty ugly, uh, except maybe for DeAndre Hopkins because of the Clemson connections there. and At least you know, Deshaun Watson understands that. Um, Cincinnati, uh, on the other hand, like you said, Andy Dalton, that offensive line, uh, a bunch of turnstiles. And Andy Dalton is a quarterback that is not going to operate, unlike Carson Wentz. Andy Dalton is not going to operate well when the play <laughs> breaks down, and uh, this, this could be a real slot fest. 0-2, you, uh, your chances of going to playoffs are, are getting very narrow, even though it's only two weeks into the season, and I think both of these teams have that on their mind, but uh, I'm not optimistic about either.
1: Yeah, and also for what it's worth, zero and two in a fantasy season, uh, you know your your um, percentages go down even lower. A shorter season, so uh, it really does matter. I think that's something you always pound home every yeah. year. Uh, you know, we've talked is the concept of winning every week and the fact that you can't really take anything for granted because there are so few of them. But but um, unlike unlike
0: NFL teams, we can turn over our whole roster in the season.
1: Yes, that's exactly right. There's a lot easier way to uh, change your fortune as it. Whereas a lot of times, a lot more a fortune or luck as it were. Involved in this case uh, As well But I'm with you there And uh, definitely nervous About uh, Cincinnati That offensive line Looks um, unbelievably bad Especially a couple years ago One of the best in football And it's really uh, taking a turn pretty quickly uh, Alright let's uh, Let's get into the Sunday Slate 1pm games Starting out with uh, a, a, a AFC uh, North showdown as it were uh the Steelers squeaking by the Browns last week the Browns heading into Baltimore to face a uh a potent Ravens defense how do yeah, you see exactly. this one
0: the biggest story here is, are the Raven is Ravens defense really that good you know we'll watch Houston's offense on Thursday night and have a better idea about Jacksonville um this is going to be where we're, we're going to get a better idea about Baltimore uh and also you know Cincinnati's performance will give us a better idea about Baltimore the point is Sean Kaiser has an even stiffer test, although he looked good and Cleveland's defense wasn't that bad either. I think Baltimore's defense really carried them. So uh, I think this is one where we're going to look for some development from Kaiser in an even stiffer test, but probably a low scoring game. And, you know, it's going to be a a ho-hum, boring Baltimore team, but they like it that way.
1: Yeah, no, they, they, that's what they want. You know, defense, you know, ugly wins. Like, that's what they're all about. And, uh, yeah, Cleveland had a chance, man. A big Kenny Britt drop uh, really turned some fortunes there. Uh, all right, uh, moving on, uh, another uh, game of what looks like a have not versus a potential have, but but who knows? They played tough in week one. The Bears heading into Tampa Bay as the Bucs. Uh, week one for them, Sigmund. What are you expecting here?
0: Yeah, and as a Steelers fan, my my brain is listing off, boy, Antonio Brown made that catch, and there was a blocked punt, and Kaiser threw a terrible interception (laughs) in the red zone. There were a lot of plays. We were a lot of one play away from that game. Yeah, it's It's true. It's true. So, Chicago and Tampa, Mike Glennon, speaking of plays that they were one play away from winning, Glennon was fine. He goes and faces his old team. It's all about Tariq the Freak. Break the bank in your waiver wire for him. Uh, it's a little late in the week for me to give you that advice, but he is for real. He's Darren Sproles, but he unlike the Chargers when they're franchising Sproles, we're going to get to see Cohen play, and it's not great news for Jordan Howard. On the Tampa side, the debut, uh, this offense should be tremendous with Mike Evans, with Deshaun Jackson, O.J. Howard, uh, Cameron Brait. And uh, you know the running game, I'm excited to see this Tampa team. I think they're going to take another step forward. And I, I do think that you know Chicago was a game competitor at home against Atlanta. might be a little tougher on the road against Tampa.
1: Yeah, I feel uh, uh, exactly the same way, though I do love Tariqo. I'm very excited about that kid. And the whole, as we talked about last week, heading into it, and then it, it bore true, as I'm sure we'll get to some of the other ones moving up, but really a amazing first week for that rookie running back class. Uh, moving on up, how about that? That works out pretty well. As Minnesota, Dalvin Cook led Minnesota heading into Pittsburgh. Uh, a tougher game than I would have thought heading into the season as Minnesota looked uh, better than I expected on, on yeah. uh, Monday night.
0: Oh, yeah. A lot better. And, uh, you know, one of the themes of week two is looking for that second data point. Uh, And especially when the first data point is a bit extreme, then we're trying to figure out which side of the equation fed more into this. So, yeah, Minnesota's offense pass offense, particularly to whoever they wanted to against New Orleans. Is that just how bad New Orleans defense is? And you know, Tom Brady's going to shed some light on that when those two teams tangle. Or is it this is how far this team is taking a step forward on offense with Sam Bradford? And you know, Philly people know Pat Shermer, uh, who's with Bradford in Philly, with Bradford and the Rams. They seem to be really simpatico. Uh, and that's great, obviously, for Diggs, for Thielen. Uh, and, and then the rookie Dalvin Cook, the Steelers defense you know, di- didn't really, sl- they sacked Kaiser seven times. But and they slowed down Isaiah Crowell. But Kaiser was able to make things happen with a lot of mobility, and uh, I do think that. You know, they're going to try to rattle Sam Bradford, but uh, Bradford looks really confident on the Pittsburgh side. The Steelers weren't that good. You was know, just uh, missing some short throws. Uh, again, all those plays saved him. So he's facing a much tougher Minnesota defense. You know, this was Cleveland without Miles Garrett, but it is the Steelers at home, and is always a lot better at home. So th- these are two teams that should be having very lofty thoughts about their, their futures this year, and it's great to see them tangle this early in the season.
1: Yeah, no, it's like you said, it really is an interesting prove it kind of week here where we're kind of our notions from week one are certainly going to be quickly challenged in multiple games. Like you said, you know, the New England's going to tell us a lot more about that Minnesota offense than we might think. Um, And I'm with you here. I think there's an interesting one. And and Pittsburgh, it's unbelievable. The Big Ben thing like it's I, I usually don't really buy into that too much. But it's been what three years now of this consistent. Yeah. Home Since run he got thing. married, around the time
0: he got married, about <laughs> home cooking, I don't know.
1: <laughs> Who knows? I guess so. Uh, but yeah, it should be interesting. I, I like Diggs and Thielen a lot, so I'm interested to see how Sammy B. Uh, we're not the biggest Bradford fans here, but you know, hard to. Regardless of the defense he was playing, he looked pretty good. On Monday night. All right. Uh, speaking of the game we just talked about, uh, is this is kind of, uh, I swear I didn't plan it this way. This is how they are on my list, but New England yeah, yeah. in New Orleans. The segues, they just happen naturally. Yeah, it's just a beautiful thing, segment. Well, the over-under on this one is
0: 55, which is about as high as you'll see in the regular season. 61, I think, is the record all time. So lots and lots of points here. New England New Orleans defenses were two of the worst defenses of week one. Maybe the two worst defenses of week one. Uh, Breeze and Brady in the Superdome should be putting up a lot of points here. Chris Hogan should bounce back. Rob Gronkowski should bounce back. On the New Orleans side, I expect Michael Thomas to bounce back. Drew Brees to bounce back. Um, Perhaps— you know, do we see Adrian Peterson angry? Adrian Peterson get more work, especially in the red zone where New Orleans stalled out a lot against Minnesota. Um, I, I think that you're going to see a lot of points put up in this one. New Orleans might try to slow it down, but I doubt they're going to be able to do it.
1: Yeah, I'm with you here. I think, uh, especially coming off that loss, I think uh, I think New England comes out firing uh, this week. And uh, you know, look, if they don't, then uh, that's certainly going to be the story. Of the week after week two. All right. Uh, our team, We alluded to it before. We got a little Carson Wentz love, which we love in this city. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles heading in to take on the Andy Reid-led Chiefs. Uh, potentially one of the marquee games of the week here after the week one results. How are you feeling about this one?
0: Another big theme this week, teacher versus pupil. Yeah. And, and, and much like Pittsburgh, Minnesota, both of these teams should be thinking Super Bowl right now. I mean, both of these teams... With the way they played week one, with the way they've been put together, with the coaching they have, should be thinking, we can win the Super Bowl this year. And yeah, I know Carson Wentz is only a second-year quarterback, but teams you know have to have this attitude, and I think going in and getting that big road win in week one. Wentz was so impressive, uh, creating plays. I haven't seen very many quarterbacks. You said five or ten. I, I It's a very short list of quarterbacks that have this size, mobility, and ability to just square up and throw an accurate ball downfield, scrambling. Very, very difficult to do these things. Um, But Kansas City's defense is going to be a stiff test in Arrowhead. uh, I I do think, you know, we see all these different complementary pieces clicking. Without Eric Berry, Zach Ertz should be good from a fantasy standpoint. Um, And I also think that we may see Alshon Jeffrey get going a little more in this one on the Kansas City side, Kareem Hunt. And Philly's defense, this is the reason they should be thinking Super Bowl is the combination, the balance, all the pressure they got up front. Plus the corners, even without Ronald Darby for a good part of that game, played very well. Uh, So it's going to be a bit of a challenge. That being said, there were a lot of deep shots um, and they're going to have to defend those deep shots against Tyreek Hill. They're going to have to find a way to defend Travis Kelsey, who was a bigger threat than uh, Jordan Reed was last week. Um, So, you know, I I think that this is going to be a really fascinating game to learn about both of these teams as they showed their best side uh, in week one.
1: It's a great point, yeah. And the Wentz thing, it's just it's awesome. I, you know, just watching him is so much fun. I think well, he's if, at his best when he
0: when plays are breaking down if like You that. allow me to break into like as a uh, recently divorced uh, older man. You know, the thing about a divorce and being happy is if you you move on, and as I have, you know, when you find new love, and you have your new love, you have Carson Wentz. So Sam and Bradford, you guys, you are you're all cool with each other.
1: Oh, totally. No. I have no ill will. Look, the dude got us a first-round pick and a fourth. It's great. I'm all for Sammy B. I got no problems. Obviously, if we play the Vikings, I'll be rooting against him. But yeah, no, I'm with you. And, and the one thing, he always keeps his eyes downfield when things break down, too, and he's running. And um, I think that's what allows him to, to kind of square up like that. It's It's really it's been fun. And um, yeah, I think there's going to be a really interesting week two matchup here to kind of tell us what these teams are and could be. Uh, all right. Speaking of which uh, a team, uh, we kind of have a disappointing team from week one. And one of the surprise teams of week one is we have an AFC South show down here. The Titans coming in at 0-1 versus the 1-0 Saxonville Jaguars, Sigmund.
0: Yeah, you got to like that. And they go, <laughs> they go back to Saxonville and uh, you've, Jacksonville's defense was the most impressive single unit in week one. I think. Um, and Tennessee's obviously a much different test than Houston without Dwayne Brown and, and quarterback woes and things like that. So and Tennessee's offense underperformed, but I think you can see the rookie Corey Davis take an even bigger step forward. The Marco Murray, we're kind of wondering about, um, you know, could it pave the way for Derrick Henry to do more? Could it mean this offense, it, it, it seemed like everything was intact from last year and it was going to be a tremendous offense and it didn't really come together against Oakland. And, you know, we could see this game reveal that, you know, Tennessee was just a little rusty and getting it together or see this game reveal that Tennessee is a bit of a mortal offense and Jacksonville's defense is amazing Jacksonville's offense is Leonard Fournette I mean but that's okay that's all yeah. unique. That's, that's how all works, if you have this defense so dare I say it's probably
1: better to not let Blake Bortles throw the ball
0: it is and Jacksonville could be a very fun team again talking about those Baltimore teams the one that won the Super Bowl Trent Dilfer uh you know Blake Bortles could be as good as Trent Dilfer I think
1: Oh my God. Yeah. I, uh, I think there's the potential. I mean, look, he's more talented than Trent Dilfer. The question is, can he manage a game in the way Dilfer did? I, I, you know, it's, I'm sure that the potential is in there. I don't know what's going on above the shoulders enough to uh, kind of make that call, but it's a great point. And look, dude, for net, man, I, I, he is, he is legit. I said it before the season started and, and, you know, happy to see it play out, but he's a, he's a beast back there. All right. Uh, speaking of teams that, Used to have a beast back there uh, in both cases in different positions, but I was speaking of the Arizona Cardinals, obviously – the biggest fantasy story of the week, the number one overall pick consensus goes down and is out for a long, long time, three to two to three months. We're hearing um, they're heading into face. Obviously the team that probably looked the worst and missing their biggest guy back there yeah. in Andrew Luck, the Colts. What do you think about this one?
0: Now, these two teams seasons are swirling down the drain. You know, for fantasy, you're not playing anybody on the Indy side. You go back to Palmer and Fitzgerald, a bit of a mess in that backfield. This, this is a reprieve for Arizona to face Indy this week. It should be if it's not then maybe Arizona's following them very closely down the drain but I think that Palmer Super Bowl window he looked really old in week one that, that that's over uh and you know this this is just a, a team. Chuck Bogano doesn't even seem like he wants to be coaching right now it's like blink twice if you need help Chuck We can come and we can save you somehow can he's doing
1: his you. best Jim Caldwell impression right
0: yeah so this is just sad
1: yeah, I'm with you. It's just, it's depressing. Now there's news about Andrew Luck's agent has to come out and say he's not trying to get out of there, and it's a, it's a mess. I'm with you both. Uh, uh, definitely, uh, looked like it was going to be a better game when it was. Uh, you saw the schedule come out than it is now. Uh, all right, uh, Carolina one and zero hosting the one zero Buffalo Bills. Uh, which of these teams was for real from week one?
0: another sort of teacher versus people. Sean McDermott. Um, you know, there's another six, sure, Phil- yeah, Philadelphia here. Um, but you know, Tyrod Taylor and LeSean McCoy look really good against the Jets, but everyone's going to look really good against the Jets. We think how do they look against Carolina? Cam Newton, a little rusty. You want to see him knock off that rust, revive the values for fantasy of Calvin uh, Benjamin, Greg Olson. Uh, of course, Christian McCaffrey looks good. John Stewart looks good. Buffalo's defense looked pretty good. But again, it was the Jets. So even that first week against the Jets, we say, well, it was kind of a buy. Let's see what happens Against a real team, but then again, San Francisco wasn't much more. So again, this week two learning process uh, as these two teams tangle.
1: Speaking of the Jets, let's move on to the four o five slot of games here as the Jets heading into Oakland to face an Oakland team that looked pretty darn good in Week One. Uh, Just uh, anything interesting outside of start the studs on on Oakland side here.
0: Not really. Marshawn Lynch looked like good old Marshawn Lynch. He looked oh, good, man. I was down heart.
1: on Lynch, and he looked uh, he looked significantly better than I expected.
0: Yeah, he looked like good old Marshawn Lynch. Yeah. Crabtree and Cooper looked good, and Derek Carr looked good. And if the Steelers can't win the Super Bowl, then let it be Oakland. And maybe even a little part of me would root for Oakland if they played in the AFC title game.
1: Oh, wow. That's a hell of a statement there. Uh, uh, Throw the Eagles in that group and I can get down with it. Uh, All right. uh, Moving on here, let's stick another AFC East versus West matchup here uh, as the Dolphins make their season debut heading out to face the Los Angeles Chargers, Sigmund. uh, uh, Outside of the fantasy, very excited for the experiment of the 27,000-person stadium. But how do you see this game playing out?
0: Yeah, and I'll throw Philly in there too. On the other side, you know, let's get that Pitt- Oakland-Philly rematch or Pittsburgh oh my all goodness, Pennsylvania. Yes. And when the Steelers were down in the '80s, I was a fan of the Buddy Ryan Eagles and Randall How could you Cunningham not? Be? It was so much fun. Andre Waters and Clyde Simmons, and oh yeah, it was a t- tremendous, tremendous teams. Uh, the Lost Angeles Chargers. You can change the city, but <laughs> they find they, they're the find a way to lose Chargers. They're good. You know, you go into Denver, you think you go into Denver, and you play it. Even you know, to get in a hole and you play it down to the final play, that's a good win. But it's always a, a moral. You know, a moral loss in addition to a loss on the field for the Chargers, but you know, they're going to go home. Uh, the, the, you're, you're seeing Rivers now, if that was how he did against Denver, throwing three touchdowns, he could be even better. Uh, he's got all of his receivers back, and Melvin Gordon looks good. Um, on the Miami side, uh, we're going to see the Jay Cutler to Parker connection, I think, be really big early, although. The Chargers' defense does have do have some good corners. Uh, there's great pass rush combo of Bosa uh, and Ingram, so um, they're going to have to work out cover cut, cut out for them. But I do think you're going to see a lot of J.J. So uh, J.J. We were all excited to see what he can do as a true centerpiece of this offense. And uh, you know, Chargers need to bounce back. Miami just chomping at the bit to get on the field.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I think this is a JJ week all day, and I'm terrified of that Bosa-Ingram duo uh, both this week and when they face the Eagles and all season long. And that could be a really impressive duo, especially when you have those corners back there uh, defending as well. All right, let's uh, move on to the 425 a trio of games here is um, two teams that did not look good week one, one expected, one not. The Niners heading into Seattle against potentially the worst offensive line in the game. Sigmund.
0: Yeah, I think this is like it's like San Francisco's on the conveyor belt into the incinerator here. Uh, I mean, it's Seattle at sea. I mean, even when they had Capric, they were good when San Francisco go to Seattle. Sometimes it would be disastrous. But, you know, Brian Hoyer's limited. The defense is still settling right now uh, on the Seattle side. You know they're going to play better. Even with offensive line woes and backfield stuff, I think you're going to see Wilson really be able to make some things happen downfield to uh, Richardson and Lockett and Baldwin and Jimmy Graham get going in this one. Um, I love Carlos Hyde and much like Chuck Pagano. Like, we want to rescue him From San Francisco (laughs) right now, just because uh, I think, you know, just watching San Francisco week one, you can really see that Kyle Shanahan can build a good offense with a functional quarterback, and Brian Hoyer is barely functional.
1: Yeah, no, I think there was a lot of people who thought there could be some uh, sneaky potential. That Niners team certainly doesn't look like that is going to be be the case. Uh, all right, speaking of uh, the team the Eagles beat up on, we were talking about earlier, Washington heading out to the uh, potentially biggest uh, surprise from week one, the Los Angeles Rams, the 46-point scoring Los Angeles Rams, segment.
0: Yeah, it's easy to pick on the Colts without Andrew. Like now, now pick on someone your own size. Uh <laughs> I mean, the Rams get Aaron Donald back. How good is that defense? Wade Phillips, you know, that's going to make the defense better. Washington had to face a very tough, aggressive defense against Philadelphia. Last week, they're going to probably get another one, maybe not quite up to Philadelphia's level. Kirk Cousins made some plays, but Kirk Cousins also was flustered, not in his comfort zone. You know, Terrell Pryor with some drops. Jordan Reed, uh, Jameson Crowder didn't look all that explosive in this game uh, last week. So, you know, can they bounce back? Going west, Rob Kelly, actually I thought ran pretty well, but again, Philadelphia made it very, very tough to move the ball. Uh, on the Rams side, Do how much do we really know about the Rams offense? It was a kind of a, a, a preseason game, a practice against mm-hmm. the Colts defense, at least in the passing game, and you have to like what Cooper Cup did, and you have to like what Todd Gurley did as a receiver out of the backfield, but not so much as a runner. Uh, Washington did a pretty good job on defense bottling up the Garrett Blunt, and at least Flushing Carson Wentz from the pocket, and that's when things kind of bro- would break down. So uh, both of these teams, you know, Washington maybe against still tough, but not as tough of a defense, uh, and the Rams against a team that hasn't given up on life.
1: <laughs> True. Uh, all right. Uh, speaking of teams that have not given up on life, two one and 0 teams in the last four twenty five game. The Dallas Cowboys with uh, Ezekiel Elliott seemingly in tow all season, heading into Denver against a good defense. How do you see this one playing out?
0: Dallas' offense was actually uh, pretty passable against a tough Giants defense, and Ezekiel Elliott's going to play in this one, so they're looking good To you know, it, it maybe some more Jason Witten less of the wide receivers, as Bryant may struggle again uh, against those corners, but Dallas's offense is going to give Denver some trouble uh, with what they have to offer Denver and Trevor Simeon had a really courageous game, especially in the red zone Dallas' defense we thought was one of the bottom teams in the league, was it just that Eli Manning is that bad now and I'm, I'm talking to the eagles audience they're like yes 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 <laughs> yes, yes that's it that's it and, and maybe and maybe that is it but we you know we'll see trevor simeon cj anderson Demarius thomas emmanuel sanders who had uh jason brett tremendous corner following him around so uh against D- dallas maybe a little easier going for emmanuel sanders this week
1: yeah no and uh uh that's a, a good point there about uh, Eli. It'll be interesting to see with OBJ back, but we've certainly seen some bad Eli showings over the last few years. It could be that you know he is just on the way down and, and not coming back. Uh, all right. Uh, probably the best game of the week, Sunday night football, the 1-0 Green Bay Packers heading in to take on the defending NFC champs, the 1-0 Atlanta Falcons. Points galore segment, or will there be some defense here?
0: Well, last year in the NFC title game, we saw this. I mean, uh, Aaron Rodgers just got snowed in this one, but a better, easier defense to crack than the Seattle one. He faced last week. He won't get knocked around like he did. You know, maybe we'll see a bounce-back game for Devontae Adams. Randall Cobb is looking like his old self. Martellus Bennett. Can make some plays when he gets targets, and Ty Montgomery looks like he can handle everything himself. So this is all good on the Atlanta side. Uh, Chicago had, you know, a, a bit of a bend but don't break defense, and, and there was more there for Atlanta. The offense still looks good. I'm not worried about it. I think Julio is going to bounce back with a big game. Um, you, I, I would expect Devonte Freeman and Tevin Coleman to keep, keep up their split, which could be a little frustrating. Uh, all these complimentary pieces: Austin Hooper, Taylor Gabriel, uh, Mohamed Sanu. It may be tough to pick which one week to week. You know, last week it was Hooper. This week it could be Gabriel or Sanu, um, or just Julio Jones with 250 yards. Uh, But I do think think one way or the other, Atlanta will get theirs and Matt Ryan will get his.
1: Yeah, it's funny that you saying Julio Jones with 250 yards is a million percent plausible and on the table. (laughs) Uh, All right, uh, let's round it out Monday nighter. The uh, surprisingly frisky Detroit Lions offense heading in to take on a good New York Giants defense, presumably OBJ back on the field. Uh, Where are you leaning this one?
0: The frisky Lions. I mean, it's, they're the house cats. <laughs> I uh, didn't even you think know, about the, that Yeah, Look at it, that. The Lions, the Lions are, are, are purring right now. And uh, Matthew Stafford played a tremendous game. They were spotting uh, Arizona at 10 nothing lead in that game. The defense, even without much of a pass rush, did a tremendous job in the secondary ball hawking. And uh, I I do think that Detroit is a team that is maybe just like Detroit versus everybody. You know, they're feeding off of that, that nobody respected them. They were the playoff team that wasn't going to make it back to the playoffs. The Giants are a playoff team. If there was another team people were pointing to saying a a bit fluky from last year making the playoffs, it was the Giants. But unlike the Lions, they're coming off of a week one where they have a lot to answer on the offensive side. And was it just Beckham being out? I don't think so. I don't think it was just Beckham being out, but they don't have anything going in the running game, the offensive line. They're one of these teams that there's offensive line issues. Houston playing each other. That's one Seattle with their offensive line issues. Giants, big time offensive line issues. So a lot of things come together on the offensive side that they they need to deal with. Uh, So it it should be again in this week two second data point. Do we correct some things? Do we enhance some things? Uh, A lot more comes into focus.
1: All right. Coming up in just a second, my favorite Segment of the week, the inside, the mind of Sigmund Bloom. But real quick, Sigmund, uh, what is going on over at footballguys.com this week? Anything uh, interesting people should be on the lookout for?
0: Yeah, just uh, ro- rolling through the season now with all of our weekly features, everything to help you in DFS, IDP, Dynasty, uh, of course, and our apps weekly, uh, dy- lineup dominator, the waiver wire, and trade dominator, and mostly just enjoying the ride with everybody.
1: All right, beautiful. As uh, always, everyone get over there, footballguys.com, tremendous content, all kinds of awesome stuff. Uh, And, of course, you can follow them on Twitter at... Sigmund Bloom. All right, Sigmund, let's go inside your mind. We usually keep this very non sportsy, but I wanted to have a touch of sports this week as I wanted to kind of focus. We, I, we've never gone inside the mind of Sigmund Bloom, the fantasy analyst, and uh, other than, you know, in terms of the game each week. So I have four questions related to your fantasy career uh, that I thought would be fun for the listeners. So let's start off another four pack for Inside the Mind of Sigmund Bloom. First question What is your worst fantasy take ever? Oh my God, that's a long list. Because I mean you remember <laughs> your, you
0: remember your misses more than your hits. I do. Of course. I mean, maybe this is where like my show is called On the Couch, and really maybe this is me laying on the couch and analyzing myself. But um Oh wow. And this is on the heels of me telling folks, yes, Tree Cohen is worth breaking the bank for. I remember the year that Ryan Grant went down in week one. I thought Brandon Jackson he was the only backup running back they had in Green mm-hmm. Bay, and it was an Aaron Rodgers offense. And Brandon Jackson was competent, okay. Brandon Jackson was no star, but he was competent. And I thought, well, you know, they felt good enough going into the season to only carry him as the backup. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. He's a competent player. This offense is going to produce numbers at the running back position. Go ahead and spend, you know, the number one priority. Spend your money on Brandon Jackson. It's the lead uncontested back. Then they go, and that's when John Kuhn starts and all this. (laughs) But Lorenzo Booker comes to mind. Man, I love. I thought Lorenzo Booker was going to be Reggie Bush part two. Uh. Ah. I you know,
1: I thought Lorenzo Booker was going to be better too. Former Eagle Lorenzo Booker.
0: Yeah, I thought when Frank Gore joined the Colts, it was going to get him some of the best numbers he had. You know, so yeah.
1: All right, let's flip it around. If you can remember any, what is your best fantasy take?
0: Yeah, the fantasy take that r- really helped launch my my career. It's funny to call it a career. uh was Brandon Marshall and. I remember watching Brandon Marshall at Central Florida. I, I was very fascinated at the idea of a guy who just swapped back and forth between offense and defense. He was a good safety too, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You
0: know, the idea of a player that was a, you know, a safety and then goes to be a wide receiver. And I remember watching him. I think it was in the bowl game, the Hawaii Bowl. And when a when a cornerback went to jam him and he just threw him to the ground.
1: <laughs> he just
0: threw he just threw the dude to the ground and was standing there by himself for an easy touchdown reception. And he, you know, 6'4" 220 um, and ran for a 6'4, 220s type guy well enough, you know, um, had good ball skills. I just I watched him and I thought, well, why is this guy the number one receiver in the draft? Uh, wow. he and, and he went in the fourth round. I remember walking up to Adam Schefter at the draft that year, telling the Broncos just got to steal the draft. I was so excited. I, <laughs> I actually, it's, a, it's a story in Audible lore that I actually yelped like a schoolgirl when they called name. That is
1: amazing.
0: And come to find out, Just a little insider information, uh, you know, that I mean, now in hindsight and James, you can fill in the blanks because I I thought this guy can play. He's already playing at an NFL level. I know that he was, you know, on and off as a receiver at Central Florida. But why wouldn't he go in the first round or second round? I think we found find we found out, you know, I mean, we understand. Absolutely. We we understand now why especially Brandon Marshall coming out was, you know, he I think he's turned the corner with some personal big time, big time. Yeah, that was one, and nobody else was talking about Brandon Marshall. At the beginning of that draft season, Brandon Marshall wasn't even ranked in most draft publications. That is wild. And I remember just watching him that January and saying, this is the best receiver in the draft.
1: That is awesome. And, and you kind of, as usual, for those who are new listeners who don't know, Sigmund is the king of saying something that will lead into exactly what I was going to ask next, which is, uh, makes my job a little easier, but you just mentioned Adam Schefter. So my next question was, who is the coolest person you've met or interacted with because of your work in the fantasy industry?
0: Well, and this is going to, I'm just going to go Homer on this. Um, the, back in the day i don't do this now but i used to go and cover the all-star games the college all-star games which are always Mm -hmm. fun and interesting and um the steelers defensive line um, coach was there to watch defensive linemen uh one mean joe green
1: get out of here
0: and i was just milling about the i was just milling about the stands waiting for the practice to start and there's you know mean joe green i i didn't I I never I wanted to disrespect the line like we're all just there to work you know I just like walked past him I mean I I grew up in Pittsburgh in the 70s and 80s and and this was like you know the gold the play I mean the commercial the co-commercial yeah mythical mythical figure in my life so that that was pretty cool
1: that is super awesome uh all right final question what is the fantasy topic rule change concept something like that that you are most passionate about. Example, oh, if
0: you need one. Oh, no, no. This is this, beautiful. This is, this is really, really, really easy. Well, I, I'll tell you the quick runner up, quick runner up. Don't have your Super Bowl week 17. Don't do it.
1: Yes, don't do
0: it. Please don't do it. It's, Agreed. it's just, it's just pointless to have your whole season culminate in the week that is the hardest week to week to predict of the fantasy season. You might as well have your Super Bowl week one, and just have a one week fantasy season. Um, don't allow people to veto trade. You've got like about five minutes. This, you're going to give me – this is like Bill Belichick talking about the – this is Bill Belichick talking about the Surface. Uh, the yes, surface. you
1: can have all this. this is This is an important subject look, look that needs that to be addressed. Look up that rant, by the way, folks.
0: Bill Belichick will give like one-word answers, but ask him how much he hates the Microsoft Surface, and he'll he'll write you a play. Um <laughs> Oh, my. Don't allow people in your leagues. You're really going to be going, James. Don't allow them (laughs) to veto (laughs) trades. Don't take votes on trades. It's ridiculous. Is there any professional sports league that has a team vote on trades before they allow them? It's ridiculous. You're opening the door to all kinds of petty, bad things. Time after time after time, I hear about trades getting vetoed because they're uneven trades. An uneven trade today could turn into a trade tomorrow that you wish you had done. You know, if somebody if somebody had traded David Johnson for Kareem Hunt before week one, you'd say that, mm-hmm. that's that, you know, kick him, veto your veto <laughs> now, you know? Yes. Look, if you think somebody in your fantasy league is incompetent, okay, and there are times that you have a trade – that on its face you're like, hmm. That doesn't make sense unless you're you're cheating. And and you give the player the owner a chance to explain. And if they can just say something coherent with subject verb agreement that shows that they actually are paying attention to the NFL in some way. Then you let them stay in the league. The whole point is they get to run their team the way they want to run it. And if if you want to veto a trade because it was so uneven, then you're just jealous that you didn't get to make the trade. If you can show that somebody is cheating, and there is some things like this where you can have correct, you can have rules that like once a team is eliminated from playoffs, and like mathematically they're not allowed to make trades or something like that. You can always have a rule, and I recommend everybody to put in their rule book that the commissioner has. And look, you're the commissioner. You're doing the work. For all these other, you know, slappies so that they can just play fantasy football. So you get dictatorial I'm all about democracy, you know, but not in fantasy football leagues. It's a Mm -hmm. it's a dictatorship. And you put something in your rules that says, you know, for for the sake of preserving the competitive balance in the league, the commissioner may take actions to, you know, preserve the competitive balance of the league, you know? So it basically gives the commissioner now, you gotta trust your commissioner, but I mean, if you don't trust your commissioner, again, why are you even playing in the league? Um, so the commissioner can kick out people that they think are cheating. Okay. And and there is, I'm sorry, there are, there occasionally do you encounter somebody that just is so, just so out of touch with fantasy football that it's bad for the league if they're in your league. You know, the, cl- yeah. the classic one where like people are just lining up to make trades for this person because they don't understand what they're doing. And you don't, and you, and you let that person play out the year unless it's really terrible. But it, otherwise, all trades stand all trades stand unless it's cheating or something. And look, even if it's someone that's just so bad at fantasy football, you let the trade stand and maybe you, you run their team as the commissioner or something like that. Never, ever, ever have in your rules that people get to vote on trades. Don't do it.
1: Totally. A hundred million percent agree with you. I, uh, uh, look, if there's collusion or something, that's fine. But otherwise, you let the person in the league, you have to let them run the team the way they want to run it. I was going to go with auctions over drafts, but but that's an even better answer uh, than mine. Uh, as always, uh, the best uh, uh, hour or close or whatever of yeah. my week. I always appreciate it. Uh, again, follow me on Twitter at Sigmund Bloom, footballguys.com. Sigmund, thank you so much. I'll talk to you next week, man. As always, awesome stuff from Sigmund. Love, love, love the answer on trade vetoes. Second, that emotion, as they say, or as Smokey Robinson once said, uh, because don't veto your trades. If you have people in your league who you trust to be in your league, then they should be allowed to run the team the way they want to do it. And look, I can't tell you how many times I've seen a trade that looks – absolutely atrocious on the level when it's made that turns out to come out the exact opposite of what I thought and what everyone in the league thought it happens time and time and time again, as Sigmund pointed out, If you drafted David Johnson and traded him before the week one for Kareem Hunt before week one started, you'd be a lot happier right now. You also would have been called an idiot at the time. So uh, again, you know, collusion is one thing, but if it's all in in fair, good fun, uh, let people run the teams. They want the way they want. To do it, all right. Uh, good luck to everyone this week. Uh, week two, big week, as I said. You know, you, you know, there aren't that many of them. You got to try and win everyone. So I will be available. Uh, hit me up at James Seltzer on Twitter. Sunday mornings have been a little tougher for me to respond as a. You can check us out on Facebook Live, 8 to 10 o'clock this Sunday. That is the best place to get your fantasy questions in. It's the BleedingGreenNation.com Facebook page, the BGN Radio Facebook page, the Sports Radio WIP. All of those pages, me, John Barcher, Jack Fritz, will be talking fantasy gambling brought to you by Delaware Park. Can't wait for that. So um, tune in for that. I'll be able to help you the most there with your fantasy questions. But otherwise, at James Seltzer on Twitter, hit me up. I will do my best to answer as many as as I can while, uh, you know, still doing the stuff I have to do on a Sunday morning. So if you can get it in Saturday night, more luckily, uh, I can get to it as well. But uh, either way, I'll do my best. And uh, again, good luck to everyone out there. Uh, go kill it this week. Hopefully we'll be talking next week. You're sitting at 2-0 oh, at worst, 1-1. One and, one. Uh, and, and worst case, 0-2, oh we will we'll turn it around for you. Again, Sigma will we'll be back next week. We'll try and get another guest on the books coming up in the very near future as well. So until then, thank you for listening this has been James Seltzer with the week two edition of this week in fantasy maybe you